Hi there, I'm Kenzie Fell, producer and co-host of McGowan Bravebender's podcast channel, Side Effects. Our country has been restricted for over a month now due to the novel coronavirus. Millions of people have filed for unemployment while thousands are adjusting to working from home or having altered hours. Essential workers are risking their health and safety every day to keep our world afloat. We are living in chaotic times. Today, we welcome Laura Putnam, a well-being and learning provider to side effects to help guide us on how to keep it together when the world feels like it's falling apart. She is the author of Workplace Wellness That Works, CEO and founder of Motion Infusion. Her work has been covered by MSNBC, The New York Times, U.S. News and World Report, Entrepreneur, Business Insider, and NPR. She is a former urban public high school teacher, L&D professional, public policy advocate, international community organizer, dancer, gymnast, and now a movement builder in the world of health and well-being. With a mission to get people and organizations in motion, Laura is a frequent keynote speaker and has worked with a range of organizations from Fortune 500s to government agencies to academic institutes and nonprofits. She teaches at Stanford University, is the recipient of the American Heart Association's 2020 Impact Award, as well as the National Wellness Institute's Circle of Leadership Award. With this incredible background, she's the perfect guest to spark some positivity during these trying times. Without further delay, welcome Laura. I'm Scott McGowan. I'm Kenzie Fell. And I'm Anne Marie Singleton. Now, I think even for our listeners, too, I think what's important is um, we might be right, we might be wrong, but one thing is we're not afraid. Our goal is to get you to think about things a little differently. And we're unscripted. We just have free reign for 20 minutes. Welcome to Side Effects with an A. Hello, I am Kenzie Fell. Welcome to Side Effects. And today we have my co-host, Scott. How are you today, Scott? Fantastic. And um, we've done quite a few of these virtual podcasts now, so I feel like we're getting the hang of this a little bit. And um, uh, we have our guest today, Laura, joining us from California. And you are remotely working from your home. Is that correct, Laura? Welcome to the show. Thanks for having me on the show. And yes, I am, along with uh, most of the country. I'm working from home. (laughs) Exactly, exactly. Well, I know some of the things too, I, you know, I think what's really interesting is uh, one is we're really proud of our governor in regards to how um, he and his uh, administration has handled this. And then obviously you're on the other side of the country in California. So maybe just talk to us a little bit about uh, what's going on in California and the proactive approach. Yeah. You know, it's funny because uh, as, as everybody knows, um, the San Francisco, along with five other counties, we were the first part of the country um, to start the shelter in place. And when it happened, um, it felt like the end of the world. And of course, you know, within days, uh, a lot of uh, you know, a lot of other states and communities were following suit, including this, the great state of Ohio. So I think it's really exciting to see how you know. I've been really impressed with Governor DeWine's work, and I know that you all are kind of working on uh, rolling out a plan in the beginning of May to start kind of moving back into the workforce and. Um, but, uh, it, you know, I think that this state and local leadership right now is so essential. And I'm really proud of uh, what I've seen with the, a lot of our leaders in this time. 
Well, I wish our listeners could see your T-shirt because it says Bill Dayton. Yes, <laughs> Bill <and> Dayton. <laughs> which is awesome. So I appreciate you coming into our, you know, our our building, and I think this is our second or third uh, visit together. But as as you know, as we talk about like just being good citizens to kind of flatten this curve, what what are some of the things we need to know, and what would we should be doing like right now? Yeah, you know, I I think. Um, I think there's the basic things uh, you know one of my favorites is actually um, an interview um, Steph Curry interviewed uh, Anthony Fauci on Instagram live and I just love it if you want just kind of the basics around what we need to be doing it's kind of a no-nonsense interview uh, former President Obama was actually on it as well and uh, listening in on it um, but I think that uh, we all kind of know the basics. Uh, we need to be sheltering in place. We need to be maintaining social distancing. We need to be washing our hands. Uh, you know, one of the first countries that really came out with the importance of everybody wearing a mask. Uh, we know that we do this um, not only to protect ourselves, but really to protect others and to protect vulnerable populations. Um, but the Czech Republic was actually the one that really took the lead. So another great interview is um, an interview on MSNBC with Dr. Robert Gallo. I really suggest that you look up that one as well. But Robert Gallo was actually uh, part of the team that first isolated the HIV virus as being the one that caused AIDS. And uh, so he's a real expert in the field of infectious disease, along with Anthony Fauci, of course. Um, but in this interview, he talks a lot about just how important it is for us to be communicating with and learning from other countries. This is a global pandemic, as we know, and so we can really be learning a lot from one another right now. Agreed. I um, I have a few masks. A few masks. My fiance's cousin has been sewing them and mailing them to healthcare workers, and it is one of those things where you're like, you feel kind of silly putting it on but then you look around and everyone else has it and you're like i'm doing my part i feel like i am trying to help flatten the curve so it is a weird thing because you normally don't wear a mask and now that we are at the grocery store or running errands or whatever it's definitely a, an adjustment um, yeah you know i think one of the things that's really interesting is that uh, no surprise we live in a society that that really prizes individual liberties. And uh, that's why I think the shelter in place has been so challenging because uh, it really mm -hmm. runs against what it means to be American, that we, you know, we have individual freedoms. And I think the big takeaway for all of us, like what we need to know is in, in the wake of COVID-19 is there is no me without you, meaning we are all in this together. Health mm -hmm. is not just a personal matter, rather it's a collective issue. And so I wear my mask to protect you, you wear your mask to protect me. I engage in sheltering in place to protect you, you do the same to protect me. Uh, we are all in this together. And while there's certainly some populations that are more vulnerable than others, um, this is something that's affecting all of us. And this is something that we can only solve together. Mm -hmm. And this is the, the perfect segue into the main discussion today. I know you mentioned um, Ohio is kind of working on a plan to reopen here in May, but we still don't really know when this is all going to end. Eventually, we will return to normal, which is hard to believe and understand right now. But in this meantime, how do we proceed as normal as we can in our life? 
Yeah, I mean, I think, um, you know, we need to first and foremost know the information this and know the facts. Um, that's kind of as best as possible. How do we live a normal life? We got to know the facts. And then we got to be very aware of what we need to be doing. Um, but then really thinking about um, this is unprecedented times for all of us. Mm -hmm. And while it's not unprecedented, if we look back in history, we know that there have been lots of pandemics in our history from the bubonic plague uh, to cholera. Uh, cholera was actually um, an a pandemic um, that repeated six times consecutively in the late 1800s and the, in the early 1900s. We know, of course, also in 1917, 1918, um, we had the Spanish influenza. Uh, so these are... Uh, pandemics, you know, this has happened in history, but I think what we really need to be thinking about is these are circumstances beyond our control. It's unimaginable for all of us. So we really need to be thinking about how do I respond? I can't control these circumstances, but I do have freedom in, in terms of how I respond to these unprecedented times. And I think that's really what uh, our focus um, needs to be on in our personal lives, but also collectively. You know, I was talking to, <clears throat> I read something online, I think it was yesterday, and it says, you know, this, uh, this event, for some people, it's, uh, it's fine. It's f like, I'm okay. I have a job. I'm, I'm okay. I'm in my house. It's sunny outside. For some people, it's cloudy. And then for some people, it's just raining. For some people, it's a storm. And for some people, it's, it is absolutely just a hurricane. Their, their, their lives have just been decimated whether it be by death or whether it be by job. Mm -hmm. And I think what I liked in reading that is the fact that I think for all of us is, you know, just don't be tone deaf yeah. uh, in regards how, you know, what's, what, what's happening to, you know, neighbors, friends, uh, and uh, the rest of us. Yeah, I couldn't agree more, Scott. I, I, you know, we are lucky um, that we have been spared directly, um, but that is not the case for many, many Americans. Um, they've been personally affected by it. And I think that we really need to be sensitive that um, this is a big, big deal for many people, um, even though it doesn't, may not feel like that for, for us. Scott, can you hear me? I can. Okay, my, my, I apologize, my microphone's been going in and out. Um, Laura, I was just thinking about what you said about not having control and having to respond. And I am, I like to call myself a control freak, I think. <laughs> I uh, really like having plans. I like to know what's going on. Um, so it is a very difficult time right now to kind of let go and just play. You, the only thing you can control is your response, which is you're correct. So what are some good coping mechanisms that you would suggest for people like me that are control freaks and can't really do anything right now? <laughs> you know, I, I, I mean, there's some um, things that we need to be thinking about, but I think it's helpful to uh, think about this in terms of stories mm -hmm. and um, a couple of stories that come to mind. One is a gentleman by the name of Victor Frankl who was um, a psychologist and, and wrote the book, uh, Man's Search for Meaning. And he was um, held in a, a concentration camp. He lost his entire family um, during World War II, if you can imagine. And he was the one who really came up with this 
philosophy around stimulus versus response. And while we may have little or no control of the circumstances in our lives, we have infinite power as to how we respond to those circumstances. And in that, we can find our inner freedom. So I, oh, I really that in mind and really that and uh, along those lines is also Nelson Mandela I mean we cannot forget that he was imprisoned for 27 years and one of the things that he did uh, again something I think that is un unimaginable for most of us um, is he focused on what can I do in response and so apparently one of the things that he did was to learn the language of the prison guards and this was a way for him to control the, you know, to respond and feel a sense of control and connect um, and try to understand uh, the other side of the equation. And, and interestingly enough, that was, that experience is one of the things that really helped him the most when he became president of post-apartheid South Africa in 1994, to really be able to, to reach across the divide and bring this country back together. So, those stories, I think, can go a long way, and we need to take those to heart in guiding us and moving forward. But some things that, that we can be thinking about doing, in addition to being inspired by stories like that, is one is just to go back to the basics, to take care of ourselves on a, on a really uh, basic level. I, I mean, mm -hmm. for one thing is actually, especially in this time of sheltering in place, I think a lot of us get to just get outside and mm -hmm. one of the most important things that we can do so that we can sleep well at night is to actually get some natural light in the morning um, this helps to keep our our circadian rhythm on track um, but you know all the basics like eating healthy getting exercise mm -hmm. uh, connecting with others having some kind of um, you know keeping our faith, um, whatever that might look like for any of us, practicing mindfulness, all of those good common sense self-care practices really, really matter right now. Um, but one of the things that we can also be thinking about and something that I know we're going to explore more in our conversation is thinking about um, following what I call a universal roadmap. And this is this roadmap for us tapping into our deepest, most basic human needs to get us through. You know, one of the things too, as we think about this, you know, we as human beings, we have this you know, like universal need for like competency. Mm -hmm. And then, so for a lot of us, like our routines have been jolted, altered, turned upside down. So, you know, how, how do we get back to something in regards to a routine when I'm, you know, it's funny you say shelter in place. So we're at stay at home. Does that make okay. sense? Yeah. So, uh, as you know, as we kind of phrase that, so what are some ideas in regards to building a potentially maybe a new routine? Yeah. Well, I mean, I think that you're absolutely right. We, you know, we're the normal, we've got a new normal right now. And so all of us have to create a new routine for ourselves, which I think can be challenging. Um, but this sense, this need for competency or this need for a sense of mastery, this is one of our deepest, deepest human needs. I mean, for example, go out on any playground and you'll invariably hear a kid shouting out, look at me, mom, look at me. <laughs> well, that doesn't change when we become adults. We're still like, look at me, look at me. We want to be acknowledged for what we do well. We want to be recognized and feel a sense of competency. 
and for many of us, uh, work provides that. And so when we are staying at home, uh, when work is different from what it has been, um, then um, we have to find new ways to be able to experience a sense of competency. So, you know, interestingly enough, um, one of the things that I've been doing a lot um, is cooking. And uh, it gives me a real sense of competency. And, um, it, you know, my fiance, Chris, um, he baked bread for the first time. And it just <laughs> gave him this incredible sense of competency. And um, there's been a lot of articles coming out about how people have been rediscovering hobbies that this time at home, this shelter in place, has been a time for them to kind of rediscover those hobbies. And a lot of that is really about um, kind of reconnecting with those things that make people feel like that they're competent or feel a sense of mastery. Hey, Kenzie, have you picked up any hobbies? Um, actually, yes, I have. Okay. I, I don't know if you've heard of TikTok, the app. Yeah. Um, it is the most amazing social media platform that I've discovered. I know it's been around. It's known to be for high school aged kids. Um, but now the millennials are bored in quarantine. And now we're all of a sudden on this app learning how to do these dances. And it is like the light of my life right now. Gotcha. <laughs> it is so funny and fun. And my, our coworkers at McGowan Braybender, a few of us like have a group chat where we send each other our latest videos and it is, it really like gives me something to look forward to at the end of the day. So um, I agree with cooking. We've also been cooking and baking a lot. My fiance has been doing a lot of yard work um, and it makes me feel how um, thankful I am that we do have a yard and like we can go outside where I have a bunch of friends in New York City and Chicago and they don't have balconies or backyards or grass. So it definitely, those are some things that make me feel very grateful for um maintaining my sanity in our little house so what about you scott have you had any any new hobbies you dove back into well we have a front door that needs to be um uh sanded and restained and Ooh. i would i would rather i would rather just call someone to go do that uh but Lori and i got on <laughs> the phone and we got on uh you know we ordered us uh, a sander and from amazon a big one and then like a kind of like a dremel uh, and then I want to get it all done in one day, right? I just want to <laughs> do it and you can't. So all of a sudden it was like, Hey, you know what? Like this doesn't have to be done today. Like you can just do a little bit at a time. And mm -hmm. honestly, um, cause I'm like a performance based, right. And so just looking at that differently <laughs> has been, has been, has been fun. And my patients aren't very long and I'm enjoying it. So mm -hmm. it's different. Well, Laura, so I have a question. Um, I like your tips, obviously dig into something that's making you happy or that's bringing you joy and keeping you busy. But what if you don't really remember what your inner happiness is? Life was so busy for so long and now all of a sudden you're, you're sitting there and you don't know what to do and you've watched all of your Netflix. What is your advice for someone who needs help finding their inner happiness again? Yeah, you know, it's a, a great question. Um, you know, you ask anyone, what do you want in life? And most people are going to tell you, I want to be happy. Um, mm -hmm. But, uh, you know, how do you actually achieve that? And I often think about um, a woman by the name of Bronnie Ware. She's a, uh, she was a hospice nurse for 15 years. And um, 
she noticed that she would hear the same theme come up over and over and over again. Um, these last kind of dying thoughts and, um, you know, this 2020 vision that we have at the end of our lives that hopefully we can be applying now. But um, one of the top five dying regrets that she heard was, I wish I had let myself be happier. Oh. Not I wish I had been happier, but I wish I had let myself be happier. And there's some really interesting research around that. And that really ties with this universal roadmap. Um, but the kinds of things that really give us deep happiness are sometimes very different from what we do in an effort to become happier. So often we'll do things like go shopping. Uh, to get happier. And we go shopping and it's exciting for a little while. And then we come back and that brand new shirt that we bought that made us so happy after a while, <laughs> just another shirt or that brand new car that smells so good when you first get it. Then it's just a car, you know, and so that fades quickly. Uh, but the things that really help us that allow us to be happier or allow us to tap into and discover our inner happiness are things like competency. Also things like autonomy, which is really living our life on our own terms. Uh, interest, so again, getting back to Bronnie, where another theme that she heard over and over again is that I wish I had lived a life that was true to myself, not the one that was expected of me. So really understanding what matters most to me and living life true to myself. Then relatedness is another thing that we all have a deep need for. So in this time of COVID-19, how can we be sustaining connections, um, albeit virtually, but that's so important right now, or even writing thank you notes. When was the last time that you did that and putting those in the mail mm -hmm. and then purpose? Now is a really good time for us to be taking time to reflect and thinking about what are our deepest values, what is our why, uh, maybe even reading Simon Sinek's book, um, Start With Why, and Simon, I, I'm sorry, Scott, I know that Simon Sinek is someone that you all have really embraced at, um, at McGowan Braybender. I love all the stuff that you have with the kind of Start With Why uh, concentric circles that you have on your wall. So that really guides you all. And then the, the, the last piece is play. We all have a deep need for play. So even in the midst of all this, um, how can we find opportunities for joy and play um, to, and, and those are, you know, not only our universal roadmap, but those are really the deepest keys uh, for discovering our inner happiness. You know, one of the things we're even ask our workforce to consider is number one, uh, this crisis has taken away a lot from people. So mm -hmm. when you can name it, you can claim it, which means you can change it. So, and it's okay to name those things. But more powerfully than that, I think if you're willing to reflect, I think it's, it, it can actually give us back things in our lives. So the thing that we're really encouraging people to think about is, hey, what was good while we were away? And can we keep that goodness alive? Yeah. As we come back into the workplace. You know, one oh, by the way, oh, I'm sorry. I got to tell you guys. Um, so I tried yoga with my wife last night, yesterday. <laughs> oh boy. <laughs> on, uh, on the Peloton app. <laughs> I haven't fallen so many times standing still in my entire life. <laughs> hysterical. That's so that great. was, it was, it was kind of fun. So I'm sorry. Go ahead. 
Well, it, that's so great to hear that you're keeping a beginner's mind like that, but also really tapping into the need for joy and play and um, keeping this fun. But, you know, one of the things that we've been uh, doing a lot of in my family with my extended family is um, lots of Zoom calls. And, um, you know, I was on a call with my extended family, with my aunt and uncle and cousins and my mom and sister and brother-in-law. And, and um and, you know, we were saying, you know, this is something that we can do even outside of COVID-19. You don't have to be, you know, mm-hmm. but it's something that we wouldn't have done otherwise. But uh, hopefully mm-hmm. we can share some, some great practices that we've uh, discovered as a result of this time that we can sustain afterwards. I 100% agree with the Zoom calls. I, I obviously love technology. I FaceTime all the time, but I have connected with old roommates, my old sorority sisters, my entire mom side of my family, like every week now. And it's, it feels really good. I'm like, why weren't we doing this before? So I think that is something that will definitely stick around for a lot of people. Um, So I agree with that, but to kind of um, wrap up our conversation a little bit and tie this back to our listeners, um, what is a role that in business that managers can play during this time trying to find happiness and um, control? You know, I think um, the role that managers play just in general is so important. Um, I mean, uh, you know, there's even evidence um, that the manager alone, uh, there was a great article that came out in the Wall Street Journal a couple of months ago about how the manager may be the one who's going to save our economy. <laughs> mm-hmm. But um, I think that managers really cannot underestimate the role that they play. Uh, their team members are really looking to them. Um, they are the key person to uh, engage them in their work, uh, but also to engage them in their well-being. And uh, while senior leaders certainly matter for setting the tone, allocating resources, it really comes down to the manager to give permission Uh, for people to engage with their well-being and their self-care. And so during the time of COVID-19, they matter more than ever um, before. And um, so what they can do is, um, you know, managers really play a multiplier effect um, for better or for worse. And so now is a time that they can think about how do I model self-care for my team members? How do I talk about it with them? Um, And how do I connect with them on a regular basis? Research shows um, that managers really need to be engaging in conversation with their team members, with every team member touching them at least once a week. And there's some really interesting research showing that people would rather get negative feedback from their manager than no feedback. It's actually more demoralizing to get no feedback than to get negative feedback. And, um, and then finally, managers right now can be thinking about how they can create some systems to really boost the morale of their team. And, um, you know, having a, a weekly Zoom call together as a team, just checking in, not just what are you doing, but how are you doing as a human being? And um, so I think that uh, this is really a time for managers to step up to be those multipliers of well-being for their team right now and those multipliers of self-care. Well, and I think, you know, some of the things we're even talking about is regards, like people are watching us as leaders. Mm-hmm. So, and, and it doesn't mean that if you, you need to fake it, but people are watching you. Our children are watching us. Our parents are watching us. You know, if you look at, if you're a manager, your people are watching you. The and, words and you I, use really matter. 
Yeah, I, I, I think one of the things that people are watching for is, is uh, showing vulnerability. Mm -hmm. Well, and not only that, uh, being vulnerable and then just uh, making sure you're not tone deaf and listening to those, and exactly. listening to those yeah. people about that. Yeah. And, you know, learning things from your workforce, like the dog's name that's barking in the background or the, or the, <laughs> right. the six-year-old that jumps on the lap yeah. is, you know, it's funny as we think, um, because we're supposed to be working at home, that we can't stop and say, hey, what's your dog's name or, you know, what's your child's name or what's going on. But actually, when we, when we stop and we pause and we have those, uh, we're actually building a relationship in ways that we've never had the opportunity to build those. And I think it's going to be a big asset as we as we kind of come back into the workplace. I think we're actually going to know each other better as we come back than when, when we knew each other when we left. Yeah, I mean, for any manager who wants to build a high-performing team, though that sense of trust um, and those connections and the sense that my manager knows me not just for what I do but for who I am um, just goes so far. And this really is a unique opportunity for managers to be able to, and teams to be able to connect with one another in a way that they might not have in the, in the past. Wow, well, for a Monday morning, I am feeling extremely positive. And I know we're about six weeks into a quarantine, but I feel good. I feel like we can how about come some, out of How about strong. some Zoom, uh, Zoom yoga, Kenzie? Some, okay, let's get some Zoom yoga this week. <laughs> no, no. no. I, I um I really appreciate this conversation, Laura. Thank you so much for joining us and um, helping spread some of this positivity. Such a pleasure to be on this show. And Scott, I always love engaging in conversation with you. And um, I always tell the story about coming into McGowan um, Braybender and uh, just being so surprised by the level of warmth and community. And I share that all the time. And um, so really, and, and that really stems from your leadership and Kenzie and, and Dave also, thank you both so much for this as well. And to all the listeners who are listening to this, thanks for being part of this conversation. And so Laura, if people want to reach you or have more questions, how can they get a hold of you? So the best way to reach me is Laura at motioninfusion.com. And you can also go onto the website, which is motioninfusion.com. Dot com. Um, I encourage you to sign up for our newsletter. Um, there's a, we have a, a monthly newsletter, and um, I also, for any of you who are interested, um, you're welcome to email me, and I'm happy to send you a chapter from Workplace Wellness That Works, so you can check that out. And then, of course, I'm also very active on social media. Um, Scott and I are constantly conversing on social media. So you can follow me on LinkedIn, as well as Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter. Perfect. Well, thank you, Laura, again so much. And if you guys have any questions or suggestions for side effects, you can email me at Kenzie at HealthierBirthdays.com. Or Scott at HealthierBirthdays.com. So and we want to just thank everybody for joining us on Side Effects. Have a great day.